it's up to you and me to shine a guiding light and lead the way. United by our cause, we have the power to pursue what we believe. We'll achieve the realization of our dreams. Hello and welcome to this episode of New Horizons. Thanks for your company. I'm Vaughan Benison. Joining us this week, Diana Kuby and Ricky Chaplin to talk about a roundtable that Blind Citizens Australia will be holding on the 27th of August relating to thin markets. There's been some concern raised on email lists and other forums in recent weeks about the uh, unfortunate situation that people who live in remote and regional areas find themselves in relation to My Aged Care and NDIS service provision and specifically support workers. The 27th of August is a big day for Blind Citizens Australia and it's a big day for those of us who've been concerned for some time around the status of thin markets for uh, My Aged Care and uh, National Disability Insurance Scheme uh, services. Perhaps, uh, Di, you could start by telling us about Blind Citizens Australia's approach to this. Well, Blind Citizens Australia has been for uh, quite some time now doing a lot of work with the NDIA to try and address the issues of thin markets for people who are blind or vision impaired. But of course, it's a systemic issue and it's going to take some time to correct the shortcomings within the system. However, we are still offering individual advocacy for people who are having issues within markets so that we can help them address specific issues that may arise from time to time. Now, the great thing that we're doing, however, on the 27th is that we've decided to host a round table for our members to come and discuss issues that they're having with thin markets and how they're impacting their service delivery. We're also trying to get ideas and feedback from our members on how they think that these issues can be addressed. Mm. Ricky, perhaps uh, as uh, somebody who deals with a lot of advocacy uh, in your in your work life and speaks with a lot of clients, you could go into some of the issues that uh, people are facing when it comes to these thin markets. I think the main one, Vaughan, is lack of choice uh, regarding service providers, particularly when it comes to those professional services things like OT assessments, adaptive technology assessments, those sorts of things. And uh, for people in regional areas, there are also a lack of choice regarding uh, support workers. So there might be one agency or there might be no agencies at all in some areas. And uh, the issue is that it's quite costly for a service who might be located in a larger regional centre to uh, send support workers into those areas due to transport costs, possibly administrative costs, those sorts of things. Uh, So certainly for people in regional and rural areas, uh, the thin market issue, uh, I think crosses a broader spectrum, but even for people in uh, urban areas, uh, it is that lack of choice regarding uh, the professional services and who people can go to Uh, available to them. And there are some more independent consultants uh, setting up over time, but that will take time again. And uh, in regional areas, that still will be an issue, although some may opt to travel out to those areas. I think there are some around Brisbane that will uh, travel out into uh, regional Queensland, which is a good thing, for example. But that isn't consistent across the country. And I think that's a major issue. 
There's been some significant discussion and frankly some heated discussion and without getting into specifics um, in email lists in recent weeks, particularly about training for support workers and professionals in terms of dealing with people who are blind or vision impaired. And it would appear that uh, this is a systemic issue right across the board for NDIS and my aged care providers, but it would seem specific to, um, or more specific I should say, to rural and regional areas. Would you care to comment on that, either of you? I think um, support workers, you know, they, they are naturally gifted uh, in some areas and some are going to have more difficulty. And training um, at a basic level uh, is always going to be beneficial. However, the training, uh, if it is too prescriptive, can actually take away from what a support worker might offer. So I think it's, uh, it's a question of getting the balance right between how much training you provide somebody and how much you let them, uh, I guess, analyze the situation for themselves, uh, ask the person what it is that they're seeking. Um, and I think that that is the key approach that uh, a good training module for support workers should take anyway, that uh, you know, it shouldn't be right. When you're sighted guiding, you do this, 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 and this. Uh, it's more about well, what do you need me to do in this situation to provide the appropriate assistance? And I think that that's what we're after in terms of the uh, the training approach. But I think it's true, isn't it, that uh, there is no training uh, that relates to people with sensory disabilities, and specifically in this case to people who are blind or vision impaired? Not that's broadly available, no. Uh, and we would always support uh, training to be available at you know the level of those certificate courses, uh, at university level for professionals, etc. Uh, there was some internal training that the NDIA developed. I think it was more for people like, uh, you know, the people approving plans, that kind of stuff. And that was around the specific challenges for people who are blind or vision impaired. It wasn't so much about how, you know, a support worker should assist a person who was blind or vision impaired. Um, that training was not made available outside of the NDIA, unfortunately. Um, and we have advocated for that to happen. We've recommended it, uh, that it should happen, but it hasn't, unfortunately. Uh, so, yeah, we, we still acknowledge that there are some gaps in terms of the training that, that is available, but at the same time, we don't want that training to be too prescriptive, as I said. Sure. Di, would you say that uh, the fact that uh, many people have different support workers every week and have to go through that training regime every week uh, creates a situation that's unfair and that the NDIS and the uh, My Aged Care schemes are unfairly disadvantaging blind and vision impaired people? I think the issue is very specific to the individual, Vaughn. I think that we have a situation where each person has their own specific requirements, so there can only be a base level of training. The disability awareness training programs that they utilize tend to focus mainly on you know, support for people who have an intellectual disability or how to do a proper lift or these types of things so that the understanding of a sensory impairment isn't there. And I think it's a, a systemic issue with the, the training itself, not the NDIS or the NDIA. 
Sure. To, but to be fair to those organisations, the NDIS specifically and the uh, mandatory worker orientation module in and of itself doesn't contain anything relating to sensory disability. I do think that is a problem. I think that definitely needs to be addressed. And it's complicated because some people who are blind or vision impaired have said to me they don't want someone who has specific training because it interferes with the way that they want to interact with that provider. Sure. Mm. So, you know, it, it's a very complex issue. Would you say from your experience of talking to BCA members that uh, the so-called thin markets, and, you know, we're, we're talking um, particularly about regional areas here, remote and regional areas, um, are worse served in these areas than, than, say, urban environments? We've heard reports from support, from um, members in regional rural areas that there simply aren't any services available at all. So absolutely, you know, it it's, uh, continues to be a very challenging issue for people living in, in that situation. Um, and there doesn't appear to be any immediate solutions, particularly for those people who are not self-managed. Um, so you might, for example, be able to establish a relationship with uh, a local person they might be prepared to set up a, an ABN, which you would need. Um, there's also the question of who pays the insurance costs. So all that stuff needs to be worked out. And you have more flexibility around that stuff if, if you're self-managed. Mm. And how does that relate to My Aged Care? My Aged Care, unfortunately, is more difficult again because you can't self-manage. Uh, so it's not really possible at all to, to hire private support workers, in other words, workers that are not connected with an agency. So again, we see a disparity between what someone can achieve under the NDIS and uh, what someone can do under my aged care. And again, we continue to advocate strongly in those areas to point out those inequities. This roundtable uh, is really designed to seek feedback from members and, um, uh, you know, from interested parties. Are you anticipating that service providers will uh, be a part of this as well? Well, I would hope that service providers would feel that they could come along and contribute and have an open discussion with members, because I think that's really important for people to be able to sit down and discuss the issues that are at hand and seek solutions for those issues. And the best way to do that is to engage in an open dialogue. And of course, the other significant issue is that uh, really, in many respects, it's not just down to the service providers to be able to provide those services because uh, there are staffing constraints and there are funding constraints, mm -hmm. particularly um, in my aged care. And I guess one of the uh, the big questions that uh, needs to come out of a discussion like this is, is My Aged Care and the NDIS willing to actually um, receive feedback and do they have an appetite for change in these areas? We have a positive relationship with the NDIA. In fact, uh, we've got a couple of different avenues there that we can pursue in terms of raising issues. We have a stakeholder engagement contact at the NDIA and then our CEO, Emma Benison, uh, does attend the forums which have been established for peak bodies to raise issues with uh, the CEO of the NDIA. So uh, we have some really good uh, opportunities there to continually raise issues, which we do. 
my aged care, unfortunately, is a lot more difficult because uh, there aren't really any strong feedback mechanisms that they have for us to be able to get the messages across. We continue to write submissions every chance we get to uh, consultations which are relevant to my aged care, and uh, we raise the issues as often as we can, but we are unfortunately limited in that area. How can people become involved with this uh, roundtable? And uh, is there a registration process or is it a uh, all-in type of thing? It's like um, we're running it like one of the happy hours. So people can dial in through the uh, same link that they would use to dial into a happy hour. So they can use the um, information that's in the member updates that go out every fortnight. They have the landline number, the mobile phone connection, and the URL for people using uh, tablets or computers or laptops. So uh, it's basically if they wish to attend, they're more than welcome to use those mechanisms to attend. At this point, we don't have a registration process, and we want to see as many people come along as are able to because I think the more input we can get in this area, the better we can represent the needs of our members. Information about the uh, the time and date for the roundtable is in the member update, but perhaps, uh, die for those of us who don't get the member update, uh, when is it? The uh, roundtable is at 7.30pm on the 27th of August. There will be a process at the meeting whereby people will be muted and will have to raise their hand to gain attention because we're going to have a moderator who will be looking to ensure that everyone gets a chance to speak and um, ask their questions or make a response to a question if that's what they feel they wish to do. So uh, we are seeking as many people who can attend as possible. And of course, if you need to be reminded how to use Zoom, there was a tutorial in New Horizons some months ago. Diana Kuby there and Ricky Chaplin also from Blind Citizens Australia. Blind Citizens Australia can be contacted by email on bca at bca.org.au. If you'd like to call them, 1-800-033-660 is the telephone number, 1-800-033-660. I look forward to being with you again next week. We'll achieve the realisation of a dream Of our dream